first, first, before we get any further, I'm sorry. My complete bad before communion. I just want you to know I remember being asked about that, that Sunday mornings. You might forgive me if I get into a mode where I'm concentrating on what's going on in my head, and then, it, yeah, there we go. But I, I didn't want that to go unsaid. You <laughs> I, I will thither. Does anybody know what thither means? I, I think it actually means instead of come hither, it would be let's go thither. <laughs> My wife says, well, um, that's, I appreciate that sentiment, but, but I did need to apologize because right at the beginning of their they're they're playing their moment and that stuff. I was up going, well, maybe let's not do it. You know, I needed to say I'm sorry for that. And then you know that it's my bad and not theirs and that we own our things. And it's also, I hope it's good for you to see me go, look, I blew that and that's my fault and and forgive me. (laughs) True enough? (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. How many of you can take just in just just about that much time have the idea of the perfect Christmas celebration in your head? And if you just know exactly what I know, I know Becky can. Shush. <laughs> Becky is a Christmas elf. You didn't know that, but she is. But you have your Christmas, your special Christmas thing. Does it have all your family there? Does it have presents just heaped under the tree? Does it have uh, chestnuts roasting on an open fire? Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Um, you know, I'm not saying that that is the, the ideal Christmas, but I know that we all have our ideal Christmases. When our families all get together, if that's part of yours, does your family abstain from arguing over things during that perfect Christmas time? Well, during the perfect Christmas vision, they do. Do they do it when they're there together in real life? That, that I'm, 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 not, uh, I'm not poking fun at Christmas memories or Christmas traditions or Christmas plans, what I am saying is that we have our, our perfection in mind of what we think would be the perfect, the, the ideal, but I want you to know that it's a little less than what God's ideal is. It's not outside of God's ideal. It just doesn't fulfill the full of that. And so I want to read from Isaiah chapter 11 something that is that that includes part of God's ideal plan for us. So here we go with chapter 11 verse 1. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a, tr- a shoot. Now first off, I want you to recognize that this text is already beginning to talk about a disconnect be- from the beginning or or some gap that needs bridged because this is not the 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 trunk of David's tree. This is the stump. What's a stump? It's a cut-off tree. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch 
bearing fruit from the old root. See, even, even there, the trunk of the tree is gone. It's coming out of this old root. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He will delight in obeying the Lord, and he will not judge by appearance nor make decisions based on hearsay. Can I stop there for a second and go, wow, thank you, God. You're not going to make decisions based on gossip and hearsay and all of that. You're going to make decisions based on wisdom and discernment. Thank you, God. I just have this one story before I go on about this. There was a lady in a previous church that that the, the gossip was going around about her. And she kind of disappeared from church because she was embarrassed about the gossip and that I had heard it. Somebody had told me about it. They used to come in and tell me gossip in my office, thinking like this, well, if I tell him the gossip, then he'll go deal with it and make it better. What they didn't know is that my standard answer was, I assume that God has laid this on your heart. Do you need help going to them? Not, not me going, but do you need help going? And they say, no, I'm not going. And I would say, then I don't want to hear another word about this again ever from you because you're not going to help. But she had not been coming, and I ran into her on the street, and I said that I had missed her, and, and, that, um, and she goes, well, people have been talking about me, and I know you heard. And I said, well, this is what I know about gossip. 75% of it's likely to be untrue. And I, know, and I don't know which 75% of it's untrue, so it's untrustworthy everywhere. And she just looked at me and she goes, oh. Yeah, I said, well, gossip is just, it's not a trustworthy, you can't believe any of it because you don't know what part of it's true. And, and so just come on in and, and we'll talk about what we can do. And she just, so that's what I would suggest that if you're listening to this and you're saying, He will delight in obeying the Lord, and he will judge not by appearance, nor based on hearsay. You could begin to hear. Wow. Thank you. Finally. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of his word, and one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. He will wear righteousness like a belt and truth like an undergarment. And here's the vision of perfection. And on that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard will lie down with the baby goat. The calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion, and a child will lead them all. The cow will graze near the bear. The cub and the calf will lie down together. The lion will eat hay like the cow. Now there's a change. The baby will play safely near the hole of a cobra. And yes, a little child will put his hand into the nest of deadly snakes without harm. Nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For all of the waters that fill the sea, for as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with people who know the Lord. In that day, the heir of David's throne will bear a will be a banner of salvation to all the world. The nations will rally to him, and the place where he lives will be a glorious place. So, 
I mean, some of that's fairly fairly known. We know that the lion and the lamb and, and everything will be safe. But what I want to hear, what I want to say to you is that as poetry goes, what this is actually saying is, you know, the old, and I said this in the first service, and, and somebody that says they're a, a Hatfield or a McCoy said, well, now, wait a minute. But this is the old rivalries, the, the old enmities are put away, all of them. And that, there's, and that everybody is safe everywhere they go. If, if you get nothing out of that, get the poetry of that this is true and complete peace. Now, does your vision of Christmas and the coming of Jesus go that far? Is it big enough to enclose all of that and, and even parts that God isn't telling us yet? How big is your vision of the perfect Christmas? Because this is the Advent season, is it not? Advent, last week we talked about watching for the Lord's coming. And this week, we're going to talk about turning. Last week, peace and preparedness, that we would prepare for the peace that's coming. This week, I want to talk about God's Spirit as he, as God's Spirit witnesses within us as, as we are God's people, you know, even even we don't have a complete vision for what God has coming. And we need correction every so often on our vision, on the places where we've settled for less. Because we have sort of settled for less, have we not, in some places? Well, I've settled for peace with the part of my family that I can get here. Or I've settled for peace with the part of my family that I don't that I'm talking to, but I'm not going to worry about the family that I'm not talking to. And I'm going to settle for peace, but I settle. God isn't about us settling. God is about fulfillment and completion of a peace that's coming, and His Spirit comes inside us. And it fills Jesus to create that peace within us. But then it puts his spirit in us and says, this is coming. Are you ready? All the things that are in your way, all your little stumbling blocks, let's get those out of the way too. Now, now some of you have walked with the Lord a long time. Did God remove all of the stumbling blocks at the same time? Is there a place likely where, well, that was the big one when you were a new believer, but later on there was another one and another one and another one, and you had to, you know, sometimes you you had to have help crossing some of those boundaries, but we settled, we, we, we didn't get a complete vision, and we were happy. Well, it's good to be happy, but it's not good to settle. And this is... As we talk about the spirit, spirit and discipline, that the spirit disciplines us to a more complete vision. It it disciplines us to get used to hearing, yes, that's what I gave you then, but there's more. There's so much more. Let's uh let me go to another verse. This is a traditional Christmas text, even though it seems a little in your face. Are you ready for this? This is John the Baptist out of Matthew three. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Isn't that what Advent's about? The kingdom of heaven is coming. It's come once, and there's a second time, and and we're getting ready. We join in with the pre-Christmas, the pre-first Christmas people 
and saying, what were you looking forward to? You know, we're still looking for the fulfillment of that. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, the voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the ways of the Lord, make his straight, his path straight. Now John wore a garment of camel hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then, then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him. And they were being baptized by him in the river of the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, wait, I'm, some of you know what he said, but I want to, I, before we get to that, you know, the Pharisees get kind of a bad rap. They were really trying to be obedient to the Lord. Now, maybe they settled way low. But they were trying to be obedient. Can you get into the spot? Have you ever known somebody that was just trying to do what they were told and they were just really off base? And they didn't have anybody going, well, you know. Well, they did have somebody doing that. But here, they, who knows how many times they've had somebody come up and say, you know, what we're doing is not really right. Maybe we should do it slightly different. Maybe they walk through that warning sign sometimes, and those warning signs that work all the time in our lives, right? That God always, we always turn at the first time God warns us. See, I'm, I'm employing my imagination for God's work. And the here's... But what happens when we walk through the warning signs several times? Do they call that the two by four of faith? Here it comes. You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? In other words, you're out here because you finally got the warning? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children from Abraham. And now the axe is laid at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Peace. But this is correction, right? Remember, there's a vision of truth out there, a vision of fulfillment of God's kingdom that is so much bigger than even our ideals. It is bigger than that, and Christmas is a wonderful time for us. We, we enjoy Christmas. There's lots of good things about our Christmas, but I would dare to say this, that it isn't the completion of God's vision for what that day could mean in our lives. Would you venture to go that far? Do you think that the way we celebrate Christmas is the complete vision for what God was hoping for when Jesus came to Jerusalem. He was hoping, literally, to have the biggest commercial holiday. Have we done it? Have we got there? No. I hear a no over here. 
Well, if we haven't got there, then, then let us assume some correction is coming from, for us. And sometimes that can be a slight course correction. Sometimes it's the two by four upside the head. Sometimes we have to hear inside our head from the Holy Spirit, you brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee? Well, they, they have flee. We have fled. We do have the Holy Spirit in us saying, here's a little course correction. Here's a little course correction. Change this little thing right here. There's much more to my coming to the incarnation of Jesus, to the fulfillment and the fullness of the kingdom of God than a day where we open presents and throw wrapping paper all over the place and spend a month doing that, getting ready for it. There's way more to the kingdom of God and the coming of Jesus than that. There's way more to the advent of our Lord than that. The Holy Spirit witnesses within us and corrects us as we get the chance to turn from even the things, and and I want to say we turn from our evil and our wicked ways, but we also turn from our incomplete visions to God of what God has for us and say, how much more do you have? I want all of it. Are you in a spot in your walk with Jesus where you go, I know I don't have it all. I want more. How many of you would like more Jesus in your life? This is a spot you can raise your hand. That's, that's a rhetorical question. <laughs> but, you know, not all rhetorical questions should I have you raise your hand. But that's one of those. If you want more Jesus in your life, this is the week to understand that not only does he come to change our lives, but he comes to change our lives in such a way that they start to ripple out into all our relationships and all those things. And of course, we have more relationships than just the five people we think are our best friends. Don't we? Do any of you have relationships with more than five people? Are some of those relationships not the perfect relationship? Yeah. Me too. I'm human. I need more Jesus, just like you do. Uh, Just like we watch and we turn to Jesus at this time of year, it's a time for us to enter in to our need and his fulfillment. That we could engage our imagination in a godly way to see so much more at stake that not only would we maybe have a day without arguments, but maybe we could set aside the rivalries that we have in the workplace. Maybe the Hatfields and the McCoys could not fight. Are you, are you the Hatfield to somebody else's McCoy? How, how, how's, your, how's your relationship with the neighbor who, who, who always stores their stuff on your land? No, you get what I'm saying? There is so much more to this peace that God is offering than just a day 30 30 days after Black Friday. Just, I mean, just the existence of Black Friday signals a problem in our Christmas stuff, doesn't it? The way that our country has this... Am I wrong? Is that not a symptom that maybe we've missed the mark? And that the Holy Spirit and the discipline of the Holy Spirit to say, 
wait, there's more. There is so much more. There is so much more. Can you say that with me? There is just so much more than what I know. There is so much more than what I know. What if, what if the peace of Christ, even the wildest imaginations, just goes beyond that? So much so that you get pictures in Revelation where the sea is made of emeralds and glassy sea and the whole thing radiates diamonds and mint and all these things and, and everybody that's got their crowns is throwing them at Jesus' feet because they don't need their crowns no more because Jesus is it. And the fulfillment is complete. There's a gap. There's a There's a a chasm that needs to be bridged, and the Holy Spirit does that in us. And through his discipline, we join in the work of bridging that chasm. Will you join me in this second Sunday of Advent in in cooperating with God's bridge-building efforts to a greater, fuller peace and joy? I see some nodding heads. That means I'm done. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you for the two by four upside my head just before the sermon. I thank you for for the discipline of your spirit that changes my route and my designations. May you be that same way in each of us here and in our relationships. And may we, Lord, Get used to the correction and responding quickly. That would be the best. In your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen.